0: But well, it's Friday again, and even though things have gotten pretty chaotic around these parts over the last seven days, we remain committed to bringing you an episode of it again Friday. We're glad you decided to join us. My name is Justin Hubbard, and I am the sports editor of Lake County News. This is episode 27 of season three. Here on Friday, March the 20th, we got a very, very different show, uh, at least as far as the format goes. Normally, Will Petty, the editor of Bone bulletin, and I am, are in the same spot. Uh, sitting across the desk from each other. Not the case this week. We're doing our best to do the, uh, what's it called? Social distancing or something like that? Self-distancing, Stuff, whatever. It's Debbie like
1: is, oh, a, like... is six feet away. We're like 60 miles.
0: <laughs> yeah, so you hear Will's voice. He is on the other end of the Skype call. Uh, as I admitted to Will just before we started, I think this is just my second ever Skype call, maybe third. So Hopefully this will all work out and uh, we'll get the story uploaded. So that explains our audio quality. We're not quite as good as we have been the last several weeks, but uh, we're, we're trying to stay healthy and stay out of a situation where we might contract the coronavirus, which uh, continues to be the biggest story, not only in the sports world, but the entire globe today. We're going to talk about that today. We're also going to talk a little bit of the NFL. Huge news throughout the league this week, and, of course, progress. So, Will, uh, last week we did not get together. Uh, I recorded a, a solo episode. So I already knew most of this before I recorded that episode. Some things have changed since then. But what are your current thoughts on the coronavirus situation as it relates to the sports world and all of these postponements and ca- cancellations that we've seen?
1: I mean, it's a necessary evil. I mean, it's horrible that we uh, have lost what, for many of us, is our most joyful form of entertainment. And... uh I'm sure it's going to be hard for a lot of people in the coming weeks and months to have to go without. It. But, I mean, at the same time, we're saving lives. We're making sure everybody's, you know, safe and taken care of. And, I mean, really, that's what has to happen, especially given what's going on in the NBA. I mean, they were still holding games up to the point where players actually got the virus. So I really think it uh that had happened in the NBA, it, it the writing was on the wall that a lot of things were gonna change.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And in the time since our last episode, I didn't know this until a couple of hours after I recorded that show. uh all you know what broke loose here on a local level. Uh pretty much all of our schools I think are closed for at yeah. least the next couple of weeks. And that also carries with it the suspension of spring athletics, which really sucks for me. My entire schedule has been completely rearranged and flipped on its head. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think I agree with you. Obviously, we have to do something. It really sucks that pretty much our entire lives have to stop on a dime. But the best way to stop the spread is by not putting our ourselves in a position to catch it and further spread it. So, yeah, I, I think I agree with you. It's just, it really sucks. You know, it's a, a tough situation and hopefully everybody out there stayed safe and healthy.
1: Yeah. I, I think everybody has a right to be angry and upset about it, but I mean, at the end of the day, that's what we have to deal with.
0: Yep. Absolutely. All right. Well, the NFL world, uh, has not stopped, even though the coronavirus <laughs> has completely wrecked every other sporting event in the world. Um, it's almost like they got,
1: it almost, It's almost like coronavirus has its own side effects in the NFL right now. <laughs> they caused your quarterback to go to a struggling team.
0: Yeah, leave the greatest dynasty in NFL history to go to one of the worst teams, and, and arguably the worst team in the NFC South. And there are some bad teams in the NFC South, especially the <laughs> Falcons. Yes, but uh, yeah, this is a, a huge week for the NFL. Free agency started up, and there have been some trades. You you already started off, Will uh, Tom Brady. It's not officially official yet, but all all the signs are pointing to him signing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What are your thoughts on him leaving? Because we discussed this a few weeks back, and you and I both agree he probably wasn't going to leave New England, but it happened.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm completely shocked. I did not expect to see that happening anytime soon. I thought that you know they would reach some eleventh-hour uh, deal and you know, go on their merry ways. Of um, Places where I thought he could have went, I did not see Tampa Bay being a place, you know, that he would go to. Um, I mean, I get it. I think he can do a lot of good things in Tampa Bay. He might be able to get that offense up to, uh, you know, a better standard. But, I mean, let's be honest, even with Brady, it's going to take a lot more than Tom Brady to make the Buccaneers relevant. As we saw a meme earlier this week that said, if you weren't with us when we were seven and nine, don't come be our bandwagon when we're eight and eight. Eight and eight. I saw that. So good. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, I mean, I I was surprised. But, you know what? Maybe maybe he's just had enough of the drama up there and wants to, you know, he, he probably knows that his career's not what it was. He's just going to go relax a couple years, play, and uh, just have fun. That's my thought.
0: Yeah. Um, I, some people are saying that he's kind of ring chasing and that other people are ring chasing with him. A lot of people have apparently reached out to the Bucks about signing so that they can play with Tom Brady. You ain't chasing any rings anytime soon in Tampa Bay. That's not mm-hmm. happening. I, to me, that's the biggest head scratcher here. I'm not completely shocked that he left New England. I am surprised. Uh, as I mentioned, yeah. we both thought that was not going to happen, but I, I'm just floorboarded by the fact that he went to Tampa. It, it's a struggling franchise that is probably three or four years away from really being competitive throughout the NFL. I mean, he's going to have good weapons. He's got Mike Evans and Chris Galvin as of now. Who knows what they're going to do? There are talks of them adding a certain elite elite running back that we'll discuss in a moment, but I still just don't think this is a good fit for him at this point in his career. I think he's just going to kind of waste the twilight of his career. He's not getting any younger. Yeah, I agree. Kind of a head-scratcher here.
1: I mean, like I said, the thing is, they. I think that Tampa Bay, in theory, could have probably one of the best offensive teams in the league. But what about defense? I mean, that's really right. what Tampa Bay has continued to struggle with. And until they do some on defense, I mean – Having Tom Brady great, but you got to figure out your defensive scheme. Otherwise, you're just going to be in uh, shootout to shootout. And that's really no different than what Winston, who was legally blind, was able to do, too.
0: <laughs> Famous Jameis.
1: Yeah, well, you know, you know he, he made sure they uh, ate the W.
0: <laughs> Turns out he was eating an L all along. It just didn't do it. Was- we mentioned that Tom Brady moving to Tampa Bay was kind of a head-scratcher. It was not the head-scratcher. <laughs> of the week, no, it wasn't. What on earth is going on with the Houston, Texas? I, full disclosure to anybody listening, I wrote out on our, uh, our, our little outline this week, I said, was Bill O'Brien high this week for trading DeAndre Hopkins for David Johnson? Will, I, I think a more appropriate question would be, how high? was Bill O'Brien this week. Because I think he he had to be on something, man. What is going on? Is there any way this makes sense to you?
1: There is absolutely no way this makes sense to me. I mean, look, David Johnson is past his prime. DeAndre Hopkins is at the epitome of his prime right now. Um, this does not seem like a good trade at all. Well, I think the one winner from this is going to be the uh, DeAndre Hopkins going to Arizona. Because, I mean, at least he's going to be in an offense orchestrated by Cliff Kingsbury. He's got Kyler Murray, which I don't know if that's really an improve. Well, I wouldn't say that's an improvement. I mean, he had his stride with, you know, Tiger to Tiger with uh, Deshaun Watson, but I mean, nothing good's coming from this for David Johnson. Nothing good is gonna come from this for the Houston Texans. They just, I mean, basically they just said, "Well, we got about as close as we're gonna get. Um, we'll we'll uh, try again in a couple years, but." I, I I I cannot fathom any reason why this was a
0: good call for Houston. Yeah, it is. It is. Oh, yeah, for Houston, obviously. If you're Arizona, you're loving this. You just got to wave a highway robbery. Mm-hmm. Um, you said it perfectly. David Johnson, at one point, was a really, really good running back. He is far beyond his prime. He rushed for 1,239 yards and 16 touchdowns in 2016. The next year, he got hurt early, finished with 23 yards, zero TDs. In 2018, he bounced back a little bit with 940 on the ground, 17 TDs. and he's coming off 2019 with only 345 yards, two rushing touchdowns. DeAndre Hopkins, on the other hand, has five 1,000-yard career season, er, seasons on his career. Uh, he's coming off a career high 1165 last year. What in the world are you thinking? You got DeAndre Hopkins perfectly in his prime, just not really hitting his stride, just really, as you alluded, developing that really good chemistry with Deshaun Watson. They have done special things the last couple of years, even though Bill O'Brien's poor coaching at times has completely ruined it. I don't know what went into this decision. There are rumors and speculation out there that B.O.B. has something negative against DeAndre Hopkins. The, the, the Texans are saying this is just a money move. I don't know what to believe. But I do know that when Bill O'Brien was promoted to general manager, in addition to head coach, back on 20, uh, January 28th, it was a massive mistake. I knew it at the time. This just solidifies it in my Oh, opinion. yeah,
1: for sure. They had
0: just blown a few weeks before a 24 nothing lead to the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs are great. We talked about it back then. We don't need to relitigate that. But, my goodness, he, he just had arguably the most epic meltdown in playoff history. I think the Falcons may have something to say about that. But <laughs> they, they rewarded him. They didn't – it's not like they took away responsibility. It's not, not like they said, hey, you are on the hot seat. You have got to prove yourself. They said, you know what, here, you take, you take this other position and you have more control over this team as general manager and head coach. And what has he done with it in his first big move since the, the season re- the, the new year started? He traded the franchise's best player, arguably. I think Deshaun is up there. But I think right now, on a on a proven veteran basis, DeAndre Hopkins is the best player on that Houston, Texas team. And he just shipped them off for nothing. It's completely inexcusable. And I don't know what what is happening in Houston. I feel bad for Deshaun Watson. They're completely wasting his potential. And, and I don't know. I, it's just such a baffling decision.
1: Well, it just seems to me that, like, if Houston – I mean, I know Houston needs a running back. They really do. No one's denying that. But you got a draft coming up. Wouldn't that be the time to get your running back? You would think. <laughs> Not in Houston. I mean, they have a problem.
0: Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Okay, well – uh our teams were uh they had a little bit of activity nothing like the houston Texans, thank goodness <laughs> uh, steelers were mostly quiet from what i understand but they made a couple of decisions i know they even restructured ben roethlisberger's contract what do you think about the way you, your steelers are looking coming out of this week
1: um you know i think uh we're not in a terrible spot uh we certainly did not do what uh Oh, man. At least we're not Houston, right? That's all we can really say about any of our teams. Absolutely. Uh, I like the fact that, uh, you know, we now have two Watts in Pittsburgh. So, uh, speaking of a Houston connection there, right? Uh, JJ's still in Houston, but his two brothers both have gone to the Steelers. Um, but, you know, for me, it's been the same thing as always, which is, you know, we need a viable quarterback for when Big Ben Steps down, we have someone in place that I still haven't seen
0: that. Maybe the drafts will change that. Yeah, and I like I said, they've been kind of quiet for the most part. My Cowboys, on the other hand, have been pretty busy. Uh, a lot of a lot has changed with this roster over the last four or five days. They slapped the franchise tag on Dak Prescott. Uh, they have not been able to meet on money terms. Sounds like Dak wants a lot more than what the, the Cowboys are willing to give. So they tagged him. They re-signed Amari Cooper to a five-year deal. My favorite part about that, Will, I don't know if you heard this, but uh, obviously the NFC East teams are all huge rivals of each other. Um, Right. And so Cooper was apparently really, really recruited by the Washington Redskins, and they supposedly offered significantly more money, and he turned them down to side with Dallas. I love that. It's my favorite part (laughs) about it. Unfortunately... They lost Byron Jones, who is an elite defensive back, who has just been a monster since he was drafted a few years ago. And they lost some elite Collins too. Uh, J- Jason Witten will be an Oakland Raider, or I guess a Las Vegas Raider next year. That is just going to be so weird. Tom Brady leaving the Patriots is weird, but so is Jason Witten leaving the Cowboys, the only team he's ever played for. Uh, but, yeah, he kind of lost his effectiveness, so I'm not too – Said about that just from a historical standing, I, I, I do not really like it. But That's they so did right, uh, to go back
1: to the broadcasting though. Like, why go to another
0: team? Like, you came back to help Dallas, you know what I mean? It's because Dallas didn't want him and everybody thought he sucked in broadcasting. So, yeah, because Dallas, this is what I was about to say, the Cowboys did re sign Blake Jarwin to uh, I think a three year contract. So he's their tight end of the future now. And he's been sort of waiting in the wings for the last couple of years. He's a big playmaker. Uh, he arguably has a, a broader skill set than Witten ever did. Witten in his pride. Uh That's not to discredit Jason Witten. He's an all-time great tight end, no doubt about it. It's just I think Blake Jarwin offers a little bit more flexibility. There's a lot of question marks still with the Cowboys, but you mentioned the draft coming up. We don't know when that's going to happen exactly. Sounds yeah. like it's still on schedule. <laughs> but... Um, I think, I think my faith is firmly in the Cowboys to fill these roster spots the way they need to. They have more than proven themselves in draft. I'm just excited to see how they keep building. And one last big player is still – he still has his name floating around in the news. Todd Gurley, former Georgia tailback. Sounds like he is going to be uh, on the trading block very, very soon, possibly even before this podcast hits the air. What are some potential landing spots you think Todd really has?
1: Well, the big one I've heard is Tampa Bay. Uh, I think that's what we uh, all heard. Um, I could, well, you know, the other ones I could see those. I actually, I could see him going to the Falcons. You know, they just cut Devontae Freeman, and so that yeah. opens up a spot. Um, I would like to see him come to uh, Pittsburgh. Probably not happening. But, I mean, I, I mean he's got a wide array of spots that he can go to, but the one I keep on hearing is Tampa Bay.
0: Yeah, I think that's probably the most likely spot. Atlanta, I think, would be a good spot for him um, in terms of roster need and whatnot. Miami and Denver both also have a lot of cap space and a lot of first-round picks. So, that, those are two teams to keep your eye on, too. But I agree. I think Tampa Bay's probably the most likely spot. Uh,
1: well, uh, I think given all the weird things that have been going on with COVID-19, you know, we already talked about all the weird changes in football. We talked about all the things that have been uh, going on in the other leagues. I don't think any has been as crazy as what's been going on in pro wrestling right now. I mean, it is a uncharted time for the sport, entertainment. Uh, but, you know, let's just go ahead and get started with a little bit of AEW talk and Matt Hardy. Look, I'm going to go ahead and say I I, I cannot believe that Matt Hardy has basically been able to take his same storyline through four different promotions and keep it going and it not fully collapse. That to me is impressive. But do you think this is going to keep going that way in AEW?
0: I got to disagree with you. It collapsed in the WWE. (laughs) Um, I mean, they were they were, the, they were just a nostalgia act after a while, uh, him and Jeff Hardy. But yeah, he did make his official AEW debut on Wednesday night's episode. Everybody's been expecting this for a long time. To your point, he more or less still has that sort of broken gimmick and he the way he appeared the other night, he certainly is going to keep carrying it. I think he has a, a wonderful potential to grow and develop that character and I think AEW is sort of the yes delete. Will is doing the delete signal, uh, delete, delete, delete. I think he he definitely has a lot of um, a lot of room to grow it because things have changed a lot since his heyday with the character back at TNA. I never watched it. I heard it was great, but I mean I'm not watching Total Nonstop Action. It just doesn't happen or whatever they're calling it, Impact, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm excited to see what he does with a promotion that has more money to put behind him, and a little more flexibility with with the storytelling and whatnot.
1: Do you see him playing a
0: lead role? I, I think he already is because he was inserted into a storyline with the Inner Circle and Cody Rhodes, the young bucks of Kitty Omega. So he's he's automatically in the main event. He has to be. He's a big enough name. You and I have said before, we are not fans of the Hardy Boys whatsoever, but he is a huge name. He is somebody that fans know and love. They got to they run with it right now. He's not getting any other either. So True. Yes, I think he's he's going to be among the, the top contenders right away. Another debut we saw was Brody Lee, formerly known as Luke Harper in the WWE. Uh, Bernie Lee was introduced as uh, what do they call the exalted one of the Dark Order? Uh, do you think he is going to be able to sort of reinvent his career now that he is outside the WWE level?
1: I think they'll give him more creative reign for sure. You know, in WWE, it was very much a, you're a big guy who beats Mid Carter's up, and that's all he was. You know, he never reached that upper echelon. Um, I don't know if he's creative enough or has the talent to do that as far as like promotion and stuff like that. But, uh, I do think that, uh, AEW will probably give him more of a leash than WWE did to at least experiment and develop that craft that would be needed to do it.
0: Yeah, I agree. And just one last thing before we move on. Lance Archer was introduced as the guy that Jake the Snake Roberts was talking about uh, that we discussed a few weeks ago, Will. Yeah. And this past Wednesday, they had a, like a three or four minute long, maybe even longer than that, little uh, video package of him like out in uh, the woods somewhere behind a trailer. And he's, he's throwing like 30 people around the range, just kicking tail and everything. I love that kind type of, type of presentation for that guy. And I think that's what we're going to see Hardy and Bernie Lee sort of utilize is just that off the wall, completely original and fresh kind of storytelling. I'm really excited to see it. Absolutely. Well, in the wake of coronavirus, um, gatherings of many people are not really allowed anymore (laughs) for the time being. But the show must go on. And that certainly has been the case for uh, WWE mostly, but AEW also had a crowdless show this past Wednesday night. Uh, did you see those episodes, Will? And what did you think on the whole about the way those presentations looked?
1: Well, um, it's different. Um, you know, there's no denying that. That's probably <laughs> the most obvious statement one can make. Um, I was—I've re- really not been impressed with WWE's. Uh, the way they've handled it. Um did you by chance watch Raw this week? I did. <laughs> so so you so you saw the whole recap of uh Royal Rumble, the main event, and like that took up what what, about
0: an hour of the of the thing? Yeah, that that's two shows in a row, SmackDown at Raw where they aired a recent pay per view match instead of having a live match.
1: Yeah, and uh I mean, I guess that's good for, like, one week, but there's no way they can sustain that for weeks or months or however long this is going to be. Um, I thought the way they handled uh, Undertaker and AJ was pretty well done. I, I did approve of that. But Hey, uh, we might be getting Biker Taker. Yeah, I love I
0: that. that I
1: love that. American <laughs> Badass.
0: That's right. Big evil baby.
1: <laughs> but um beyond all that, I mean it I, I, I've never understood or I guess I had never realized just how important the crowd actually was to it. Um but um you know obviously they're gonna have to do something more creatively. They're gonna have to figure something out. Um because what the product that WWE has done so far just has not been impressive. Now, I will say I, have, I did not get to watch AEW last night, so I don't know what they have done that's different, and maybe they are being more creative and they're not relying on previous shows and are making it more than just like a hour-long promo, 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 promo. Uh, maybe you could address that a little bit more.
0: Yeah, AEW's presentation was totally different. I, if memory serves, I could possibly be wrong, but I think everything was live in the arena. I'm not sure exactly where they were, but they everything was original. There were no replays as far as, you know, full matches. They obviously showed a few video packages with some of that stuff, but, yeah, everything was done in the arena. There were a lot of promos, and you know me, I... To me, the action is secondary. I know WWE stands for what With the Lions. Now, I know it stands for World Wrestling Entertainment. Uh, the wrestling has always been the crux of this entire thing. But to me, I, I prefer the storytelling. So I don't necessarily have a problem with all the premise, but I absolutely agree with you. The, the WWE cannot rely on, here's a match that you've seen before. We're going to fill an hour of airtime, and you're, you're going to rewatch this match. That's not sustainable. I know that it's, it's a very unique situation. I'm trying not to be too harsh. But, yes, AEW was a lot better in that regard. Everything was fresh. In
1: well, I mean, and that's a relief because, uh, you know, I'm, I am was hoping that, you know, tomorrow or, well, I guess later tonight, WWE has a better product that they are presenting because that was, I mean, it was
0: painful to watch. If,
1: Did you watch SmackDown
0: last week? What? Did you watch SmackDown last week? No. SmackDown, I thought, was really, really great. Uh, Raw sucked, no doubt about it. There were a couple of segments that I really enjoyed, but by and large, that show was terrible. Uh, the Royal Rumble match was awesome, no doubt about it, but I've seen that before. The overall right. program of Raw was terrible. SmackDown, I thought, was a home run. I, And again, I'm a promo guy, storytelling guy. I thought Roman Reigns looked the best he has in a long time. He just had a a simple sit-down interview with Michael Cole that was really great. Uh, He got some heat for me, though, because he took a shot against Georgia. We all know Roman Reigns played football at Georgia Tech, and he kind of threw Goldberg a little jab about going to Georgia. But that's beside the point. Triple H was just a riot, man. He was on commentary pretty much the entire show. He was, he was breaking the fourth wall, breaking kayfabe, Trashy Michael Cole. He was like old DX Triple H, and it was awesome. And then John Cena and Bray Wyatt closed the show with one of the most captivating promo segments I've ever seen, and certainly one of the best I've seen in quite a long time. Uh, it, it was a phenomenal show. I, I, I just got to stop you there. I do think Raw was bad, but go back and revisit SmackDown if you haven't. I thought they did a really good job there. And I thought NXT Wednesday night was great too. They were entirely using video packages. I think they ran one about Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa that lasted real time, like an hour and 10 minutes. That was the entire first hour, 10 minutes of the show. Just great stuff there. They gotta find a way to blend all of that together. And I think AEW did a better job of that week one, but I, I think WWE is gonna look back and see the reactions to SmackDown and draw more from that than they did from Raw. Raw was awful. I thought SmackDown hit it out of
1: the park. Definitely. Well, uh, given all that in mind, looks like right now, April fourth and April fifth, WrestleMania is still going to be taking place, although it'll be at the Performance Center and not in Tampa. What, you know, what are your thoughts on how this is going to play out?
0: Well, nobody really knows. And a quick note about that, part of WrestleMania is going to take place in the Performance Center, which is where they've had Raw and SmackDown the last two weeks. But apparently they're going to be holding it in multiple locations. I have no idea what's going to happen with this. I think it is a surreal experience. When I read that the other day, I was like, yeah, they're probably just going to postpone it. Then the statement went on to say, Performance Center, I'm like, what? This is WrestleMania. What are you going to do? But I think between SmackDown and NXT this week, the WWE found a way to produce quality shows without the presence of a live crowd. And I think they're going to take these next two weeks with all of those, that's what, six shows total. They are going to find a formula that is going to work for this. I, I truly think so. Because of the mic work that we've seen, by the way, Edge's promo on Raw, phenomenal stuff. I think they're going to find a way to blend all of that together and make it feel somewhat like WrestleMania as much as they possibly can. Well, I do
1: what they hope, need, what they need to do is they need to contact uh, the Atlanta Falcons to see if they can simulate some of that fan noise.
0: <laughs> Jerry the Key Lawler actually suggested piping in noise. I'm not completely against it, but yeah. I think they're going to try to do something. AEW, I think, made a nice move this week. Not to spoil too much, but they did have wrestlers sitting right outside the ring and reacting during matches and whatnot. They weren't mic'd up very well. I think WWE will do a much better job of that and probably have more people. But I think that's a possible route they could go. they got to have some noise, man. But, yeah, yeah. this is – I just cannot believe they're actually going to do this for WrestleMania. I've got to put my faith in because – Vince McMahon is the last man standing right now, no pun intended. Nobody is putting on live sports anywhere. The WWE is completely unique in that regard right now. I think UFC might still be on, but who knows? That's not even a weekly thing. That's going to be a pay-per-view still. This is something that is just completely within the WWE's grasp right now and AEW's grasp right now. And what we have learned over the years – is that when Vince McMahon's back is against the wall, that is probably when he is at his best and most creative. I'm really intrigued to see it, and I, I think it's going to go one of two ways. It's either going to be a disaster, which seems to be what a lot of people think, or this is going to be a seminal moment in the history of the WWE. What do you think?
1: Um, I think either way, it's historical. And it's going to be looked back upon as uh, you know, something – I don't want to say it's going to be considered like a great one per se, but I think a lot of fans long-term show appreciation for the fact that they still went on with this when there was nothing else going on. And even if they fall flat, like they gave an effort that no one else did. And uh, I think there will be a lot of goodwill from that part specifically. Um, But as far as how this is all going to play out, I mean, I – your guess is as good as mine uh, especially with it being a two day uh, situation um, but you know right now also we also got to think that there's so much more that could go on in these next two weeks that you know we there may be no option maybe they aren't able to have it maybe some of these pro wrestlers that are billed for some of these bigger events suddenly test positive for the coronavirus you know what happens yeah. at that point um, but going into it right now, I mean, look, I mean, Vince likes to gamble. He's he's, he's gambling pretty hard right now, and it's going to be interesting to see the end result, like, for sure. I mean, I don't think there's any other way to put it.
0: Absolutely. It's uh, quite a unique time for the WWE, AEW, all of sports and all of the world right now. Uh, we've got our fingers crossed this is going to be – Over fairly soon, hopefully within the next couple of weeks. That's what a lot of people are hoping for. But like you said, well, this is a very uh, evolving situation every day. Just last week, as I mentioned at the top of the show, a lot of things changed by the time I recorded that episode and by the time it hit the Internet on Friday morning. But that's going to do it for this week's show. Um, Hopefully the audio quality hasn't been too bad. Uh, Like we said, we are kind of doing this remotely. My assumption is it's going to be our plan moving forward and hopefully, uh, much like we had with the NFL this week, we will have some sports stuff to talk about every week to warrant an episode like we have been doing. We appreciate all of you tuning in and I hope you stay safe.
1: Don't get that virus.
0: Thank you for listening to Any Given Friday, the official podcast of Lake Country Sports. Check back next week for another brand new episode.